It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition, brought to you by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Um, we I just want to say you're welcome. Yes, thank you. Thank you for the cheese Danish. No, not that. Oh, one. I thought that was what it was for. No, for not recording yesterday. Yeah, that was that was good. Well, I was going to say, we usually do this on either a Wednesday or a Thursday midweek. Thursday has been kind of the norm of late, just the way the basketball schedules have worked. Um, you got some good news yesterday pertaining to your wife. That was why we pushed things back a day, because you had to go make an appointment and got good news that you shared on Twitter, and I'm glad I'm glad that's that's the thing. But it forced us to do this podcast on a Friday, and all of a sudden, the bomb gets dropped in our lap where the yacht... 6.30? How about the 6.30 a.m. Friday news dump? Well, I mean, I first learned of it as I was laying in bed this morning about 7.45, and I watched Local 12's Bob Herzog say it, and I went... I shook my head for a second. I went, oh, hopefully somebody put that up. I went, oh, I know who the overnight guy is. I know he put that up. <laughs> Rick Roaring. Yeah, you're lucky. Um, I was legitimately scrolling through different basketball websites and trying to think, what else are we going to talk about on this podcast? And then, boom, yeah. Pat Forty tweeted. Yeah, well, federal documents detail sweeping potential NCAA violations, which I don't know if I, I would agree with the headline portion of that. Yeah, it's uh, a little sensational. Involving high-profile players in schools. And this is from a Yahoo report that's been going on for, what, about a – well, the, the report came out first about, what, a week or so ago yeah. that uh, that high-profile schools would be involved. They said, you know, uh, maybe half of the 16 seeds that we saw on February 11th were involved, upwards of, of half. Um, and now we start to see some names pertaining to this. Xavier's name is in, involved with this pertaining to Edmund Sumner and his father um, allegedly getting a, a cash advance well, it's not, maybe not even allegedly it's on the books getting it's, a cash yeah. advance from uh, an, an NBA agent Andy Miller um, now when people hear that on the surface they're going to suddenly go Xavier's cheating when you see you start scrolling through names you're going to say they're cheating in some cases if you can tie a head coach directly to this or an assistant then yes they were in some of these cases, and that's where I would caution people when you see this, because it's easy to go, oh, Xavier, I knew it. In some of these cases, it is literally the player and a father going to an agent going, give me money, and then you can represent me and take my butt down. Or an agent going to Correct. the family Correct. and Correct. saying, I'll represent you and I'll give you a little taste now. You give me a bigger taste then. Um, to be clear, it's uh, that's the situation with all of these kids right now. Yes. So from what again, we know. And that's until what, we hear more. Until we hear more. Yeah, and that's, hear what, more. that's what happened in the Louisville case. Eventually, they were able to tie Rick Pitino directly to this. No, 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 no. No, no. Completely different situations. Yes. Completely well, yeah, different okay, situations. Yeah, it is. That is agents getting assistant coaches. coaches. to. Or actually, assistant coaches getting the help of agents and shoe guys to steer players to a college. Correct. This is once, well, this in is, some cases, the kids were in high school, but for most cases, these kids are already in college, pro pos- prospects, an NBA agent meeting with them or their family, and giving them, you know, dropping a, a bag. Taste. Right. To, so eventually they will sign with them theoretically, which that was my favorite part of this, is like, he got like loan. three three clients well, well where it says bad loan yeah. next to it which means they, they, were wrote, able, they wrote it off yeah. weren't able to recoup that right. money which hey, i right. thought was hilarious hey, hey, i hey, also hey. liked bam at a bio yeah. just just bam, bam in all, yeah. all capital letters yeah. well that's that was literally how you called him out on the bam. podcast every time bam um get this rick dennis smith got money to go to nc state <laughs> well we when yes of course he did we don't know that it was to go to nc state okay well 
He did. He wound up going to NC State. (laughs) (laughs) That's one that you're pretty sure. But well, here's the here's what it comes down to. There are most of the college basketball world knew Andy Miller was dirty or doing this stuff. If we're dirty being a relative term, as in he was doing this, you either knew it and didn't really have much association with Andy Miller. Or you knew that, and you did have association with Andy Miller. That's where it'll get interesting is, is there anything that continues to come out from what they got from Andy Miller's records that more implicates coaches that right. were okay with him and the way that he operated? That, yeah. Like, that's that's the only thing you're really able going to be able to be able the only way you're going to be able to tie this to specific schools but even then it will just be an optic situation because the ncaa does not have subpoena power they cannot go and get the call records or the text records of andy miller or his agents or the college basketball coaches that unless they the think fbi might be gives it to them yes but they are also tied up in criminal cases to where they're not going to be able to give that information away right now right now sealed right um so i mean that's years down the road theoretically and also i don't know that that's going to happen or that the fbi is allowed to just give things like that away they can they they don't have to but they can and I, i don't know what incentive there might be for them to do so but either way it's going to be nearly impossible for the ncaa to figure out that the college coaches were not just connected, because they can have dinner with any of these NBA agents. Yeah, That's di- not a crime. No, directly connected, connected to sending cash payments. Right, and, yeah. and using that to get players. And I just don't know how the NCAA is going to prove any of that about any of these situations. What makes me think that this is different than the, the shoe company stuff is, first, Andy Miller wasn't arrested immediately, which tells me he's probably... They, they obviously have Christian Dawkins, who was his... Lackey. Lackey tied up into this. But Andy Miller wasn't, so it, it would, you know, logic would say they don't have Andy Miller on recordings or, you know, on wiretaps talking to people. And that's what ultimately, like you're saying, that's what ultimately need, you would need to to bring it back into he specifically had his hands dirty at this program or he had his hands dirty at this program. And, and I, where are you going to get that if you don't have it on wiretap, although I will say, incredibly detailed records in that very, Andy Miller office. Very detailed records. Which, by the way... Lunch with Tom Izzo. <laughs> Lunch with... That, that, that's another part of this is, I mean, you said it's not necessarily allegedly. It absolutely is very well, yeah. much allegedly because every team, the defense is super easy. You say, that's fabricated. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. It's absurd. We know nothing of it. And there's no way to... I mean, it's just an itemized Excel spreadsheet with people's names and hotels in it, essentially. Right. Um, and some payments. No, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's all types yeah, the of payments other are very, The payments too. are completely detailed. But that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's almost too detailed and too easy. Like, you could easily do this. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying it's fake. I'm just saying, if you're if you're fighting this in the, in the court, the defense is super easy. And I don't know how you prove otherwise. Well, let me let me read the statement from Chris Mack, who uh, who did respond to uh, to Yahoo. He says, "I have no relationship with Andy Miller or any of his associates. He plays no role in the recruitment of potential student athletes on Xavier's behalf. Beyond that, our staff has never created a path for him to foster a relationship with any of our student athletes while enrolled at Xavier. Any suggestion that I or anyone on my staff utilize Andy Miller to provide even the slightest of financial benefits to a Xavier student athlete is grossly misinformed. We're prepared to cooperate with any and all investigations at any level." Um, 
I, I guess the, the, the question is, what is the end game here? Worst case scenario, and this is a stretch. Like, it's hard to imagine anything like this will actually happen. But a worst case scenario for the teams that have a player that accepted some cash is the NCAA is able to prove this um, and and penalize the teams for it. And eventually, down the line, they have to vacate wins, possibly. I mean, that's the worst case scenario that I could even see happening. And I find that incredibly hard to believe yeah, that would even unless, happen. Unless, again, you find a way that a coach has been directly tied to to this. Yeah, and I just don't. And I think that's going to be difficult to I don't do. know how you're unless, going to be able to prove it. I, I, unless somebody rolls on top of somebody rolling on top of somebody rolling. And finally, you pin somebody to the wall, and, 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 or you have direct well, evidence. I mean, the, the word on the street is Andy Miller has rolled. So, see, I think I think I but, but, think it's but, the but even if he's opposite. rolled, but but now I don't. I, but even if he if he's rolled, even if he has, um, this doesn't prove that you've tied coaches to this. No, but, but this, depending on what other information right, he, I mean, he Edmund gives Sumner you. is not at Xavier anymore. Dennis Smith is is not at NC State anymore. No, I mean, there are there, there, are, there are, are some handful. that are currently. Yeah, there are some that are currently. But you know, initially the report was that this may affect this year's NCAA tournament. There's no way. Well, I There's mean, no, no not, not at if all. you take That's Miles silly. Bridges out, it impacts this year's NCAA tournament. I, yes, have, I don't know why Michigan State would do that. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, because that's not that that hurts your case in court. If you admit, oh yeah, he did this wrong, we're going to sit him out. That kills you. If you say, no, this isn't true, we know nothing of it. Now, the, the, either way, well, if, the, if he took money, he's going to be ineligible. Well, I was going to say, if, if, you, if you can, can prove, that. If, yeah, if you can prove that, and you're going to prove that in the next two weeks. Depends on how because, we don't know how far this has it, been going on since right. June. We don't know just how far this has gone. The point, the point you're talking about, though, does smack at his amateur status. That would, if you took money from an agent, yeah. it may not affect Michigan State per se, but it, but affects, it affects his him. eligibility as an amateur athlete. Yeah. Yes, that, that, that's correct. But I, do, I just don't see that getting done that quickly. Well, Maybe but it does. It, but then, then if you play him. And you vacate eventually and, down the road. Yeah, whatever you do, you could end up having to vacate. But, but it's, and we're going to touch on the Louisville thing in a second. Um, what, what, uh, let me ask this question real quick before you do that. What would you rather have? A trip to... Uh, no, that's what I was getting ready, ready to say. Okay, a trip yeah. to end up having to vacate. Um, I mean, I guess you could be holier than thou. I guess you could say we're staying, especially in Michigan State's case. There, yeah, I mean, man. You, you that's may, where it gets real yeah, interesting. Yeah, you, you may need to throw yourself on the mercy of the court or the people's court in this Things case. are piling up in East Lansing. Yeah, I mean, yes, that, yeah. I, 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 I just think it's a stretch to think this gets done in two weeks. Unless I, I mean, Michigan I, State I says, tend listen, to you agree, got us. But or Miles Bridges, you've got Miles Bridges. Miles, you're no longer an amateur athlete. You're out. It, the interesting part is, like, the NCAA is kind of, they haven't issued specific rulings, but they've given guidelines on these kids. Like Brian Bowen and a couple of the others that were caught up in obviously different situations as you've talked about, but what if they Michigan State goes to the NCAA and says what What are we looking at here? And they say again, if we can prove that. Well, I mean, you're talking again. We're we're talking FBI, which is a different deal than the NCAA. If the FBI wants to go to Miles Bridges' dad say we need to see your bank statements and. There's a bank statement where he deposits forty five hundred dollars or whatever it is that coincides with those dates. They took that money. Like now, the NCAA has to get the records, and and yes, you have to go through. But but it's not like this can't be proven unless he. No, I'm just they, talking about it's in the time of, yeah, of the next unless, few weeks. But I'm saying unless like they gave him cash and he put it in his in his pillow case, 
I mean, if I, I would, if you have a clue of what you're doing, there is not a bank transaction for five thousand dollars in your account. If you have a clue of what you're doing, do you have a as an agent? Do you have a detailed? Yeah, because they're allowed to do that. That's the thing. Like people are, I don't get what the FBI's involved. Well, in I agree with that. Miller and Christian Dawkins. I agree with now. that. They can give potential clients whatever loans they want or whatever. They're money not worried they want. about eligibility issues right. for them. No, they're worried about landing but, a client down the road. The issue with the shoe stuff was the fraud that was being right. committed and all that. This isn't that. This is directly someone giving someone money and for I, I, profes- for professional gain down the road. Theoretically, yeah. Theoretically. But right now, you're allowed to give whoever you want money if you want to do that. So I don't understand what the FBI's involvement even would be with Christian Dawkins, Andy Miller, in terms of these cases that we've seen. And that's why I don't think Christian Dawkins or Andy Miller has rolled at all. I don't think the FBI is getting anything out of them because this seems to be a continuation of the scare tactic article they released a week ago saying all these That's top what 10, all this is tied back to. That's what it seems like it all is. And this was much less than that last week when it was saying 50 teams. Now all of a sudden, oh, it's 2025 and very few of these players are still playing. And even the ones that are, you can't attach any coaches or actual teams to it. It's a bunch of secondary violations at this point. Like right. this just isn't. It, it's it's not good. It's not a good optic. Well, the, the Miles Bridges one wouldn't be a secondary violation. I mean, it, no, it, well, or it. of his amateur status. It, it, none of it. If if any amateur status is at risk, it's not a secondary violation. Right. Like right. If they can tie it back to Edmund Sumner and Xavier has to to lose those games that he played, it's not a secondary violation. They're they played no, an ineligible player no, but, and they but, have to but, forfeit the game. But here's here's a list. There's a list of players that that are uh, had had meals with with Dawkins, which um, is that's that's, that's a secondary violation. That's an NCAA violation, Correct. but nothing illegal. Yeah, you can have dinner with whoever the hell yes, you no, want. No, 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 but my point is that that's a very minor violation. Yeah, you can take five thousand dollars from whoever you want. Right, you just might be ineligible. Right, yeah, you I might mean, forfeit your amateur status, and that's the same thing. And and, and like the kids who are having dinners, first of all. Some of this stuff just says like a hotel room is paid for for like 260 bucks or a meal was paid for for like 80 bucks. If you're eating at the Ritz-Carlton, you got a nice steak, that might only be one person. That could legitimately just be an expense report of Christian Dawkins saying, I spent $80 on my dinner. It was paid for or $263 on my hotel room to have a meeting with this guy. And the players are allowed to meet with agents as long as the agent isn't paying for anything. So some of these, like Kevin Knox, for instance, might have done absolutely nothing wrong. It just says there was a meeting with him and a dinner. Yeah. Or with his family. Right. Bam. So this whole thing, I feel like, is still a scare tactic for the FBI to try to get, because they're the ones leaking this theoretically. Oh, not theoretically. Like, Yahoo doesn't get those documents if the FBI doesn't want them to. Right. So what, what are we really looking at here? Like, this is what you're leaking after you say a week or two ago that you have this huge... All, all this information about 50 different players. Yeah, and, and the else? coverage like, of it has already become... You've been in a bubble here. I don't know how much you've seen since it since it broke this morning because you've been working. The ESPN this morning, my God. The downfall of college basketball. and uh, The walls are crumbling down. And Dick Vitale losing his mind on to... Like, this, this is one agent... This is happening with most of them. Yeah, th- we've seen this time and time again. This is nothing new. We've yeah. seen guys lose their eligibility or had to pay stuff back and things like that. Time and time again, what just happened is nothing new. This isn't like the shoe company stuff we saw months ago. Right, that's big time. Right. The, uh, totally Funneling different. hundreds of thousands of dollars to recruits is a whole lot different than 
taking a guy out to dinner and giving his family a three thousand dollar advance. That, that goes back to where we started this. When when people see that though, initially they assume, oh, see, I knew that program was dirty. I knew they were they were paying to get players. When again, it has very little next to nothing to do with the university at all. Unless you're directly doing it. Unless you're tight with Andy Miller and there's communication. Yes, that they can prove. And that's the part. The proof part. Good luck to but, you. But here's the thing. Like so, I mean, we'll take. Edmund Sumner situation, for example, because we just have the most knowledge of it, and it's the one that I'm receiving the most tweets about, and UC fans are all fired up about. What incentive does Xavier have to get Andy Miller to pay him once he's on Xavier's campus? It's not like Andy Miller's paying him to keep him at Xavier. Andy Miller's paying him to get him in his agency and into the NBA. So what incentive does Xavier have? Because this didn't happen until two years after Edmund was on campus. Edmund was a three-star, unranked recruit. He right. came down to Xavier I, and UMass. I'll play the ultimate game on that. The, the incentive would be is, is if, if you're working with the agent. And again, I'm, I'm taking this to the nth degree here. Yeah. If you are, if Chris Mack or Travis Steele or anybody on staff is working with the agent to help funnel a player there and saying, listen, make sure you get him some money um, and, 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 and we'll, we'll – take care of him for a year we'll make sure we steer him back to you if that was the case then that's a bad thing but i don't believe that to be the case yes but that's my exact point what is the incentive for chris mack to do that he's already got edmund sumner on his campus edmund sumner wants to get the nba it's not like he's going to transfer to a bigger school at this point because he's thinking i'm leaving after this year or next right so what incentive does chris mack have to say yes nba agent come here and make my one of my players ineligible so he can then go to you, which he right. might already do anyways. There's no incentive to do it no, I, at I that point in his career. Yeah. As we saw in the beginning of this, there's kickbacks involved, which is what got assistant coaches ar- but, arrested. Yes, but that was to get a player to my school, and then I get a kickback as well. But right. That was, either, either way, like there could still be kickbacks of, if you let me get involved now, I'll give you a kickback when he signs. You're going to kick back on seven grand? Well, kick back on on seven mil. Yeah, it, uh, you know this kid's already on your campus. He's probably a year plus from going into the draft. Let me get my claws in on him now, if you will, and then I'll give you a kickback when we get our seven mil, seven hundred thousand dollars of the seven mil. Yeah, yeah, like uh, that's the only that uh, not saying that's what happened by I, any I, stretch. No, I, of the I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree either. But I mean, but, that's, but but, that's, but that, that that would be where yes there would be a problem now. As we saw, if there's any proof of kickbacks, those guys were arrested. Yeah, that's the FBI thing, and that's yeah. fraud, and that's uh, a huge, huge reach, especially when you're talking about... Well, I'm not reaching. I'm about. just saying that's that's where the problem would be if there was one. I know. We've just never seen that problem happen. No. We've seen it ahead of time when they're trying to get them to their school. We've never seen a guy... I mean, coaches make good money. You know what I mean? They're not usually looking. Oh, Assistant I need coaches don't problem. make great money. They're like at some, good, very good money. Yeah. If if you're making two hundred and fifty thousand and you find out a way to get an extra seventy five under the table, under the table, that's a good chunk of change. Or even twenty five, like that's still a pretty good chunk of change. And again, I'm not saying that's what's happening. I'm just saying that's where there could be a problem because even like an Edmund Sumner, there is value in him. Once he establishes himself as a potential first round pick, so it all cost you was seven grand to do that, right? Uh, yeah, and again, I'm not saying it happened either. I don't. I don't no, I'm just throwing it. a hypothetical. Just on. So many different things when you start talking about what, what, uh, now we're back to talking about the seven grand. 
I'm not. He he changed what I'm saying. Okay. But, but that's what that's just, but but that would have to be proven. We have no evidence that there's anything close to that because if they did, they would have been out rounding up assistant coaches today or before this got like we would have woke up again to four assistant coaches arrested by the FBI like we woke up to when this thing initially started so yeah the fbi wouldn't be leaking information if they were so, about to nail assistant coaches but, for fraud. But, correct so, so what is the point of this to scare all, all these people to so someone will start rolling or someone will start coming forward with some information to the fbi so they can nail some of these guys because none of them are settling right now they thought all of these assistant coaches that got arrested would settle every one of them is saying let's go to court we'll see you next spring you're right that's the issue for the FBI right now, is they're spending millions of taxpayer dollars on a stupid case that they shouldn't be involved with, and they've got nothing to show for it right now. Yeah, I... I they have a bunch of NCAA violations. Yeah, the... the, the which doesn't help the, anyone. That yeah, is not... No, the, the ethics of it is questionable. Right. The criminality of it, though... It isn't. Isn't, right. That's why I don't... I, that's the part I just... I, I guess I don't... I can't wrap my head Well, and we got to go back to the very beginning of this, how they got involved in it in the first place. It had nothing to do with college basketball. Somebody that was a money runner, that, that wanted to... A money launderer that wanted to have a reduced sentence said, I got something for you if you want to... You want to reduce my sentence? You, know, you, you know, want to let and, and, get me out of this? And you know what that makes? That makes for a great tell-all book. Go write it and go make money off of that. And you know what the problem is? That's what I feel like this is. To, to the FBI, I feel like this was a big uh, publicity stunt. It was a way to get a lot of notoriety for banging a big case that was going to get tons of publicity. And now it amounts it's to a hill of nothing. That amounts now, to a hill of nothing. It's really. backfiring. And we're spending millions of dollars with this and not paying attention to actual important things that are going on that you know they could be protecting our country from possibly. Uh, it's it's honestly just kind of embarrassing at this point. I would say, yeah, I, I that's what I just I don't understand what the what the end game. Look, if you want to, if this helps the NCA maybe deal with some of the amateur status of guys, great. That, that that but that that's that's on them. And if they can't do that, then that's on them. And that's on university presidents. So, I mean, and I had this isn't. I know. I mean, I'm going to get the backlash of oh, this is trying to protect Xavier or spin this somehow. Um, but you guys know I've been consistent on this theme since the beginning of time. This is the perfect reason why players need to be making money off their likeness. When you see payments of 80 bucks or 400 bucks for shoes or things like that. Being $800 given, for shoes for Markel Fultz. Oh, okay. Well, he got he got a couple pairs or maybe just one really nice pair of Jordan but, retro Jordans. Why, why does he need money? Didn't he a Nike? Like, couldn't he just... He was going to be the number one pick. Couldn't he just call Nike and say, hey, drop me those retro threes? Like, but Andy Miller's got to send him $800 to buy those things? If you're getting some exclusive dead stock Jordans off the internet on some crazy site, right. I'm guessing maybe you, you, just need the tell cash. The, you just tell the agent who's been trying to woo you, hey, yeah, go, if if you'll quit texting me for five minutes, I'll sign with you. Just go order <laughs> me those damn shoes. This is – if guys were able to sign brand deals – on their Instagram or their Snapchat. So theoretically, we're talking about the Olympic model right now. Mm -hmm. You're able to make money off your likeness and your clout that you've built up. What would Trayvon Blewett or Edmund Sumner you know or JP McCarron make in this city off of just brand new? I mean, just going to like a club on a Friday night saying they're going to be there and tweeting something about it, they could make a thousand bucks a week easily doing something like that. And I would like you, I have no problem with that because everybody talks about paying players right that that's the big how are, you, how are you going to make the model work how are you going to pay a player at drexel the same as alabama how are you going to pay a pay a, a golfer the same as a swimmer the same as a basketball player the same as a football player don't worry about that let them make the money off of them off of their likeness exactly right that, that's what they're going to make their money off of let them do that 
I got no problem with that. And that's the easiest way to do it because you're right. It's it always comes down to well, how do you pay the non-revenue sports players? Well, they're not worth anything. Well, I hate uh, to tell them. Uh, that. Well, unless you have somebody at school who's an Olympic track star and goes to LSU, and that's how great. There you go. Go ahead. He's worth something, sure. and he can make money off his likeness. Uh, Brad Redford does a podcast, and he mm-hmm. had Nick Ruth sets on who played at Covington Catholic, won a state title there, went to Finley, which is D two. Was playing, you know, didn't start his first two years, was starting his junior year, had a good sophomore, good junior year. Midway through his junior year last year, he he had been working on this idea for a business where he had an idea for internet fraud, where like basically places that are selling fake Jordans or fake Beats headphones or things like that, he used to buy those and then peddle them off to friends. Well, so he knew how to recognize them. So he had this idea for an internet business where he would go and spot those, those fraudulent companies selling them online for the real companies so they can file the the paperwork and sue them and cease and desist and, and make a little more money off their product. So he's doing that. He starts to get a client. But when you're playing for the NCAA, even can't at the D2 it. level, you can't promote anything right. on your social media. So he wasn't allowed to promote his company. So he went to his coach while he's one of their better players and says, my heart's just not in this. I've got this business idea. I really want to get started. I want to start making some money off of it. I need to be able to use my social media to promote it. I'm going to quit the team. I'll keep practicing with you guys as a scout player, but I'm quitting the team. Now, how silly is that? Agreed. How silly is that? Forced to quit. Forced to quit because he had a good business idea. And it's like, I, I, th- this is a stretch, and I don't want to start conflating the two things, but we start worrying about all the sexual assault things, the guys getting in trouble for different reasons. I'm not saying this keeps them from that, but if you give them, they don't have a lot of spare time to begin with. If you If they start seeing their buddies like, Holy crap! That dude just made twenty grand this last year off his social media because he was working on other stuff, or he started a business or a company or whatever. Some other guys are going to start doing that, and then all of a sudden they're not going to have free time to be going around getting drunk, going to parties, and doing others. I'm not saying it won't happen. I understand what college well, age kids still, do. It'll still happen. Of course it will, but it, give, it at least gives them another outlet to where right now they can't do anything. You can't work a job. You can't. You have no free time, and the the little bit that you do have, you're not allowed to do a whole lot with it. Yeah, I, 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 that's where I go back to. I, I don't. There's no way you're going to strictly pay players, but players should be able to make what they can off of themselves. And I got no problem with that. And yeah. that solves the problem. That's and that goes back to what I said. If if if, if it's a golfer who he won the U.S. Amateur and played in the Masters, and yet he's a junior still at Texas, has decided not to turn pro, but people know who he is. You want to make money off of it? Go. You know, I, if you're the third string guard at South Carolina, and nobody knows who you are. Sorry, Sorry for your luck, Sorry, Chief. Chief. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and, and there's not there, there's a back there was a backup punter two years ago last year that had a, a social media. Yeah, the YouTube thing. Yeah, he wasn't allowed to run a YouTube account because it would be promoting himself as a college athlete. He he could have made quite. He was making quite quite a bit of money off his YouTube account, was he not? Yeah, yeah. He had a nice YouTube following, and he had to quit it after he got into college and playing sports. Right. He had started it in high school. I mean, how stupid is? He, perfect example. Think of a guy like Gary Clark. How many followers does he have on his social media right now? What, like ten, twelve thousand? Probably. Yeah. A guy like that with his personality and things he's done, charity work, and everything else that we a little bit of it start to come out now as a senior year. If UC had like a PR department that was working for him throughout these four years, that dude would have 150,000 followers. Yeah, and there would be a huge monetary That's windfall cur- from his likeness. It is currency in today's day and age. Yeah. Your social media following is currency. Why, why do we not let the players use that to promote themselves and make money off it or get whatever benefit comes with that? 
It's just, it drives me nuts. And this is the perfect example. When you start seeing, because you would think it's $200,000 payments. No, it's, it's, some no of it's, it's 600 bucks. It's 400 bucks. In it's, some cases, it's, it's, it's significant five figures, but not very many. Yeah, I mean, the most we got into was what, $10,000, like $30,000, $40,000? Dennis Smith was 70-something thousand, I think. <laughs> That's a hell of a good deal. Dennis Smith was, yeah, 73500 Yeah. So, But, yeah, your point's well taken. The, the amounts were not huge amounts. Um, right, to wrap this up before we move on to, to, to games of local interest and teams of local interest, do you think that, that in any way, shape, or form it does affect a player, a player status for this year's NCAA tournament, as has been suggested? I think it's going to come down to whether the administration of that, whatever university, do, do they overreact? You know, do they decide that there's a possibility that he's going to be ineligible, so we don't want to have I, to vacate? I will say this. I feel bad for a bunch of compliance folk around the country Ooh, today. It's not, fun. it's not a fun day in a bunch of compliance offices No, it's today. not. No, it's not. Um, I don't think anybody will, will hold anybody out, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if – there were one or two from that list of names that are still active that we saw just on a compliance department or an athletic director saying we can't, you know, we're not going to go We're not going to risk this. We're not going to go through what it would require to go through for vacated wins. Whatever and whatever that whatever that may be. I I tend to think the exact opposite. I tend to think it'll be taken out of the compliance people's hands. The universities will say we're cooperating fully with anything you, however you want to investigate us. It probably won't happen for another two years before the NCAA actually gets anything they can do with any of this stuff, and none of them will admit to doing something wrong in right. the interim. And that segues into Louisville having their banner taken down, wins vacated. All that. Do you think? Look, I, I, it, it, it doesn't change my my mind of what I saw when that team won a national championship. It doesn't mean suddenly UC's putting up a banner because Louisville's got one down. And Big East Tournament Champions 2013, baby. And, and Michigan's putting up a banner. Um, do you think, though, administrators, presidents, athletic directors, those involved, do you think it's a big deal for them to have the banner down? Well, I, let's ask a, a member of a fan base who has cherished ancient banners how much does it matter to be able to walk in and see that it's better to have some that how, how does it feel for a fan base that doesn't have any that's i i wouldn't know <laughs> uh i mean there's fans are gonna say we were there we saw it players are gonna say we got the rings patino's gonna still have the tattoo <laughs> <laughs> did you see the meme that came out with the crying jordan face that showed up where the tattoo was that's perfect that was fantastic um so I get all like, yeah, it happened. Yeah, you know, you like the, the thing is they don't they don't give it like you said they don't give it to Michigan, right? It's not like Michigan gets it just says vacated. It just it's vacated. So you look at you say that's ours. We 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 won that. I was there. I was at the game. I you know I I was there for when Kevin Ware broke his leg. I, I saw those. I. I was at the Final Four. I, I saw their championship. As a fan, they can't take that from you. So, you know, but on the flip side, you paid whores to have sex with 16-year-olds to try to get them to come to your school. There has to be a punishment for that. I'm not saying there doesn't. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm relating it to this whole taking banners and vacating wins thing. Is it really, is that really no, there a punishment to, that but, stings? But what? What else do they do other than? I don't, I, and I don't have the answer. I wish I did. I, I, to me, you you punish the programs going forward. I, I know people say, "Well, the kids that are there now weren't involved, so they can transfer." Right. I have no problem with letting them eligible. transfer. But guess what? The program should be stuck and stuck hard. They should. It should be financially, which 
$600,000, I think, would be a decent amount to some programs. Unfortunately, yeah. to Louisville, it doesn't even put a dent in things. So it should have. You know what change. they should have been? Should ask Rick Patino how much money he how much money he made off of it, and say, okay, then you got to pay back sixty percent of that or that, something. That's the interesting one for me. I don't know how you would how you would pull that off. That's the one to me that, that it's almost impossible start, to take right. money out of a dude's pocket. Correct. Like that. That, that would be the most interesting one to me is if if you started doing that, to hitting these coaches where stuff gets vacated, and you say, listen, I don't care if you have to take out a loan, you're paying this damn thing back, and it's going to take you ever x number of years. I, I don't know how you would pull that off. I or, really or don't. You pay it back, or you're exiled from the sport. That simple. You're done forever. You got to show cause. Until until it's it, paid until off. Until it's paid. Yeah, that would be. I think we just I think we just broke ground here on the skinny podcast. But you hit the programs too. Lose scholarships and not one or two yeah, because I, the I, good I, programs I, don't want to use them anyway. Xavier hasn't used three scholarships the last three years. Yeah, I think doing it in retrospect doesn't do anything. It just doesn't do anything. I, I just, no, it does. It's not a punishment at all. That's why I was saying I would much rather make a run to the Final Four and then vacate it a few years later because everyone still has those memories. All the fun part of it, you still got the recruiting bus. Well, I, you I still to, got the cloud as a program. I used to do this scenario on the radio. I said, if I can promise your your, your school, the school of your choice, whichever one you root for, a national championship this year, whatever sport, college football or basketball, I can pro- I, I, I'm the genie. I'm going to give you a national championship, and you'll be on probation within the next ten years. Will you take it? Yeah. Everyone would take. Yes, of everyone course. would take it. Of course they Absolutely. would. Absolutely. I mean, it's not it's not a hard choice. No, everyone would do it, and that's where one shining moment you got the trophy. <laughs> yeah. The confetti's coming down. That doesn't go away. Correct. In reality, this sucks for Louisville fans for a week while UK fans make fun of them. Yes. But in today's day and age, as fast as the media then, cycle moves. And then this came out today. Yeah. Right. Bam. I mean, we're Bam. not even talking about the Louisville Bam. stuff Knox. anymore. <laughs> Fortunately for, for the UK fans, Louisville's in so much trouble, it's going to be going on for another couple of years. Yes. But I, in terms of the actual bringing down the banners and vacating, that stings for a week as a fan. Yeah. But winning a national championship? It gives you clout as a program for years to come. That's what, you know, the the, here's should, what I hate. You know what the it. banner should say just, 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 just say vacated, and then you just know exactly what yeah. the banner's for. Vacated. <laughs> I know. I, what that, I know what. What that drives me nuts is the people that are. Like, I can't believe UNC got away with academic scandal, and and Louisville gets hit for this. Yes, they paid whores to have sex with minors. That that. Yeah, they got hit hard for that. The other thing is, I feel like if you're this UNC's thing wasn't specifically for their college basketball team. Now, granted, it probably was. It did, it, yeah. But at the end of the day, you are legitimately saying, as a university, we're so okay with this. This is a legitimate class that anyone can take, and we're just totally lowering our own standards as a university. Yeah. To me, that's and that that's was, so much beyond winning basketball games. That, no, who cares? If they want to devalue themselves that right. way, I was just let saying, them if, do and, it. And if I had a degree from, from North Carolina, I'd be pissed. Exactly. That's, you, you devalued my degree. Exactly right. So to me, that's a whole different you know, right. playing field. You don't even have to worry about it as the NCAA, really. All right. We, I, I like the fact that Take we, down we, a banner. You can vac- vacate wins. You cannot get rid of the herpes that ensued from those stripper parties. No, no, you cannot. But no, they, cannot. they make pretty good medications, I hear. So so be it. Uh, start of the games for a moment. Um, you see the most recent winning Thursday night over UConn. It was a UConn team that's not very good to begin with, missing uh, their best player due to, due to the flu, so that made it Who even worse. Who broke that? Uh, did you? I broke it. I was. I, no offense. I heard it on the on the pregame shows. I was driving somewhere else. They knew because of me. All right, there you go. How about that? Well, what happened was – the, you, know, you saw him vomiting in back backstage. You're no, like, what the hell's wrong with this dude? You know, an hour before teams come out and go through their workouts, whatever, and there was this like, wait a minute, where's it do that? Where the hell's Jalen Adams at? And the UConn people were really tight lipped about it until 
right about 30 minutes before the game when the pregame shows go on the air. Because they'd all taken UConn of 19 and a half and realized they weren't going to cover. I'm walking around digging, asking everybody I can find, and then finally got confirmation that he had the flu and he was out like like 6.38, I think is when I when – That's I, about the time I heard it on the on the pregame. So there that's, you go. Yeah. Well done. Huge scoop. I'm, I'm surprised, like surprised you're even still showing up to this podcast after that. Hey, I mean, that was kind of a big scoop. I, I, UConn is a very relevant national basketball program. <laughs> Yes, he said back in 1993. They, they, they won four titles since 1999. <laughs> Any of them vacated yet? Not yet. Not it's yet. It's coming. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Uh, they stink. They're terrible. They stink. Uh, all right, now. Here's the problem. I didn't think UC played well. Well, I mean, they still, yeah, they, they maybe didn't. That didn't look like they shot it very well. But no, they I, shot I, it okay. 36% from three, 45% from the floor. I'm getting tired of this whole defense thing that we just – we're lucky they missed shots. Come on, man. No, the defense was bad. No, the last so, night so, – I'm, so I'm, I'm telling not, you. Wait, man, on nights they make contested shots, It's it's, it's, it's it, whose fault is that? Nobody. But the point he's making, like, they were bad for three quarters of that game last night defensively. UConn just stinks and couldn't make them pay for it. The point being, when you go play Wichita State, they're going to make you pay for those lapses. And unless you get better, right now they're not in a good place defensively. Are they in a good place offensively? No. Okay. Okay. But but he makes it seem like it's one end of the floor. That's who he is. That's well. I would love to, if Mick would have coached before the shot clock where they played four corners. And just to see him come off the floor after like a six to four game and being like defense just wasn't there tonight. We we didn't stop him on that one possession and it cost us. Uh, they got us on the that's back door. That's who he is. They got us on the back door. He's a West Side GCL product. Like that's who he is. And as you know, the way I I admire that, but that's who. He, wait, there's I mean, a certain he, point where it becomes silly he, and insulting yes, to your fan. Yes, he has talked about the offense not playing, but nobody wants. Everybody snips just the little bit that they want to take, the two sentences they want to take, and they then have issue with. He talked about on his coach's show at length on Monday night. In order for us to beat a team like Wichita State, you need to we score. have to be better on offense. Okay, but but then he also went on to say that he doesn't have the offensive talent and they don't have enough shooters to play the way people want them to play after. All preseason telling us it was a different offensive team and was going to be much better. That part I don't agree with. I, and I just don't – that's the thing. Don't, people only snip that part because that's insulting to hear after what he's been saying all season and last season and the year before that. At some point, you're going to have to stop this cycle of saying, it's my best offensive team ever, we're playing a different style, and then you get midway through the year, you lose a game or two against a good team, and you change the narrative to be, well, we just don't have the talent this year, we don't have the shooters, we, we got to play better defense, that's how we win. I get it, but that's insulting to the fan base at some, at a certain point. Yeah, um, pretty good. Missing like for Trevor Moore and Trey Scott both, but but then the question becomes: When you get into that Wichita game, I'm not here to tell you they're getting 19 minutes, but how much do you start to to need to trust them a little bit more in big games? Um, it's one thing to give them 20 minutes last night and turn them loose. Yeah, I mean with Trevor, I just think he got over the past like when the when the the, the level of game ratcheted up. He was on offense playing a little fast. You know, he was – his shot didn't – he wasn't in rhythm when he was shooting. He was trying to get it out of his hand as quick as possible. Um, he got away from that last night and got back into his And his UConn normal, helps that. UConn, yeah. UConn does help that. Yeah. Um, Trey Scott, like, that guy last night is who he needs to be. Almost a double-double in 19 minutes. I mean, that's – And it wasn't just that. You know, you can get that at times – 
running on some dunks and you know just just playing in the open court, playing in transition. This was I don't more think nine rebounds in nineteen minutes though. Without no, but uh, this was more playing with strength around the rim. Yeah, yeah. The, and that on the rebounding as well. This was more doing the things that they've been working with him to make that transformation into. I mean, he's he's a lot like Justin Jackson. He maybe doesn't have the energy of Justin Jackson, but his game is very similar. And they're trying to get him to buy into playing like that, playing off two feet, playing strong, you know, and and two hands on rebounds, yeah. being aggressive. And that's what we saw from him last night. Now, UConn was playing all freshmen on the front court, so he was able to take advantage of them. And, and it was probably his best game at UC in terms of an overall game. But... Now you got to do that against Shaq Morris and Rashad Kelly. And that's a different, yeah, it's different physicality. There's no yeah. doubt about that. No question. So, um, Kane Broom put together a, a second straight positive game, and and at least listen to the game. The part I did, um, Justin Jennifer got subbed out pretty quickly. He was sick. Okay, so that that was part of it. But that is back to back games over for Kane Broom. How much of that then moving forward? You've talked about. I mean, he is the one he guy needs to be on the floor twenty five minutes minimum. Yeah. Justin will now be sick for the rest of the year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> It's a lingering. It's the a ling- swine flu. <laughs> it's a lingering issue that limits him to twelve minutes a game. Yeah, seems res- upper respiratory upper infection. respiratory problem. He can only go twelve minutes. It's he can only go. A, it's called not as talented itis. He, he can only go in two to three minute stretches, a couple times a half. No, I, I do think though, from a confidence perspective, to, to put it back to back to get some minutes. Yeah. Because he's the one guy. He is. He's the he one guy. He makes them different. He's the one guy that can make them different. It would be nice if Jacob Evans got back to being Jacob Evans. Yeah, what's going on there? I don't know. I don't know if it's – there's been a lot of NBA scouts at games lately. Well, um, I don't – I would tell you this. If, I was, if NBA scouts were there and I got three shots up in 29 minutes, I, I'd question myself. Yeah. I'm not here to tell you you're a, you're a nut 22-shot selfish SOB, but I think I'd show more than that. It's been a. I'd show more than what I showed the Wichita game where they're asking you to come downhill and you ain't coming downhill. It's been happening since the Houston win here. If you go back and look at his numbers. I I told you as we were walking out Sunday, and I didn't bring it up. um, Watch him in the Wichita game. There were times where I'm waiting for him to put his head down and go when it looks like he's about to, and then decides, just can't do it. I just can't hear you do it. You do it for me. I I I don't know if the pressure of of playing his way into, you know, that he started getting mentioned as a back end first round guy. There started, you know, GMs started showing up instead of just scouts to get a look at him. I don't know if that's gotten to him. And the pressure of trying to to make sure that you're going to be able to go this year and get guaranteed money. I mean, that's – I don't know what else it could be because – Well, I think it is an injury that he's not talking about. Well, no, but see, here's the thing. It's not like – it's not like he's playing poorly in other facets of the game. He's still good rebound numbers, good assist numbers, still playing good defense for the most part. Like, the other stuff is still there. But scoring-wise, he's gone in the tank. And even when the points are there, the efficiency's not there. He's not – that was one of the best things about Jacob up until two, three weeks ago. Incredibly efficient. His shots were good. Like – open threes that he knocked down at a high clip and getting to the mid-range and knocking down 12-footers. Like, now he's he's going three of seven and four of ten. And, and one of three. And one of three. Like, it, 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 he's he's not the same guy he was a couple weeks ago. They have to get him back. I So, looking at the, the numbers last night on the, the five losses for Wichita State, in every one of those games, the opposing team star was phenomenal. 
And Jacob he, wasn't. No, he was okay. He was okay. Need to be a step above okay. Yeah, I think your point about he's doing the other things still is a really good one because I've seen a few people say, well, he and Gary has just carried too heavy of a load. They're tiring out. And it's like, that's not fair. They look they look healthy. They look fine. They have plenty of energy. It, I, yeah, you're right. I think it – but that would also encourage me as a UC fan to know it's not a physical limitation. Yeah. He can get back to being what he was a month or two ago whenever you know that sort of started where he is playing efficiently and making big shots. So I think I'd feel better about the fact that that's the case than not. I agree. It's just you like – I mean, there's three games left in the regular season in the conference tournament. Like, Yeah, that's the problem is there's no way to explain it right now. Like, I don't know what – to do or how to fix it. Whatever it need, whatever needs to be done. Let's let's, let's do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. Uh, you know, the the sign of a good coach is a coach that calls the uh, put the ball in the basket play. I like that play. It, it doesn't always work the way you you'd like it to because sometimes the ball doesn't go in the basket. You probably called the wrong play. I probably did. <laughs> I, I missed the wide open layup at the rim. Darn me anyway. That's the that's the that's what the that's what bad coaches do. And 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 now you know they're entering a very difficult stretch for me. Yeah, because you're not you're gonna not know if they're playing Tulane or Tulsa. So who do they play next? Tulane? Hell if I know. <laughs> Tulsa. Thank you. Berg was getting on me on the message board, Justin Berg, that writes for Bearcat Journal. Said, no, Chad, Tulane and Tulsa are not the same place. And Tulsa is at home and Tulane is on the road. My response, that's a damn lie. That is the exact <laughs> same place. Um, no, I lived in Tulsa. Trust me, it's not. It's nothing. No, nowhere near New Orleans, unfortunately. <laughs> nowhere near New Orleans. So, so I, See, I something enjoyed, about a basketball camp. I, I I enjoyed my my couple years living in Tulsa as a kid, but yeah, it's not New Orleans. I loved yeah, New Orleans. Was New Orleans is a town I could see you doing a lot of damage. Yeah, in. New Orleans was a lot. Was a lot too much fun. A lot, too much. A lot too much. Fun. A lot too much fun. Yeah, a did, lot too did, much fun. Did you pee yourself or? No, I just made an embarrassment of myself on the radio at six in the morning after I had a bunch to drink. Other than that, it was it was good. It couldn't be any worse than falling down a flight of bleachers face first in Birmingham, Alabama. It was close. I, it was close. I miss the old skinny. <laughs> it was close. I, I wish we could. I wish during the end of my shift in the mornings, I could get on a local radio station and hear you coming in off a of binger, just Oof. getting fired up about Paul Brown. I, I should, and I didn't. Even, I wasn't even required to call in. I just called in because I thought it was the right thing. Because you hadn't do. slept and you were wasted. Correct. It was the show started at six. I rolled in my hotel room at six oh five. Chief. Chief. All I can remember is, 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 is what, what I was told was, oh, yeah, i got to put him on. And I, it, the tape was saved. There is a tape out there. There is a tape out there. That needs to be put on the internet somewhere. It, it, I can get it for you, you actually. You Please do. You I, I Ralph. Ralph, you, you had a good time last night, didn't you? Yeah, it was way too much fun. That's all I can tell you. So UC plays who again? Tulsa. Thank you. All right, just making sure that you've got Senior that right. day. That is correct. Tulsa's, Tulsa's weird. I, I, I'm uncomfortable with Tulsa. They won because- six in a row, right? <clears throat> yeah, they're they're fourth place in the American. They're they're on a winning streak. The only reason that I that I'm uneasy about Tulsa is because they you don't like have any idea who they actually are because they'll play in the the final two minutes with East Carolina and you'll think they're not very good, and then they'll go forty minutes with Wichita State and lose by four. Like you have no like earthly earthly idea who that team is. From a night to night basis, and somehow they've ended up at fourth place. I mean, I know they've ended up at fourth place in the conference just because they avoided some of the better teams and got yes South Florida it, twice know, and yeah, ECU it, it, it's, twice. It's an, un, un, it's an uneven schedule for yeah, everybody. In the that's league. how they ended up fourth. But they're, I mean, Junior E two's thirty six years old. He's a seasoned veteran, twelfth um, year senior. You got to have those. Yeah, um, 
they're decently talented, and they they have those nights where they're kind of a pain. So UC is going to have to play well, you would think, unless the team that can barely beat ECU shows up. Like that's I just don't know what the hell to think about Tulsa at all. They're it's awkward, like even watching one of their games. They're not they're not going out on Gary Clark Senior Day and losing. It's, it's I, I would not, not it's think not, so. It's not that's not going to happen. I would not think so. I don't think Gary Clark's going to let that happen. I think Gary Clark's going for twenty five and fifteen. He's not going to let that happen. So I would not worry about that game. Would you worry about that game, Rick Brewing? No. Thank you. But I also didn't worry about Houston. And yeah, you you really had a bad weekend last weekend. I, I mean, and to, to back me up, Houston just lost to Memphis. They did. So. How the hell did they let Memphis score 91 points without Jeremiah Martin? That's the part. The, that physical, daunting defense that you just can't run any of your stuff against. Can't run your stuff against. They, they, just, decided, they just decided once Jeremiah – when Jeremiah Martin got hurt, they were up 11 – if you don't know, Jeremiah Martin's the point guard yep. for Memphis. Very good player. Um, really the only good player Memphis has. Houston's up by 11. He goes out, and and, Mem- and Houston just went, we won. Screw it. I know nobody's going to be impressed with this number, but Tubby Smith now, that's the 17th. What did I say? What did I say before the season? Tubby Smith will get them to 20 wins. That that was a Tubby team. It is. They're grinding it, it they're out. They're grinding it out. It is a Tubby team to a T. 27 of his 29 years, his teams have won 17 games or more. That's a pretty consistent. I called this one. You did. I called this one because everybody thought they were going to be you terrible. And I don't know what they have left. I'm going to look it up. They, they would have, I guess, depending on who they play, they could win 20 games, right? Get that close. Staggering. Well, they, they only got three left in the conference, In the conference tournament. tournament. They're playing a mid-pack team probably because they're going to finish – they're like fifth, fifth or, or sixth. sixth. I think they're tied for fifth. They're ahead of Temple and UConn. Yeah. <laughs> think so you, about that. They still have UConn, South Florida, and ECU. They could win those three games. Right. They could lose all three, too. Yeah, South Florida and ECU are at home. They're not losing those three. <laughs> so. But that, I mean, that's this had much more so than the disaster that he had last year. With the yeah, and the, everybody left and yeah, and and, and now he brings in a bunch of unknown JUCO guys and gets them playing well. But that's a bad loss for Houston. Ooh, that's a that's a seed line loss. Yes, it does. It's not an NCAA tournament kick you out loss. Well, they had gotten up to they were to, to like, they were six seed or yeah, so. They like they, you're not going to fall out. No, 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 no. But that's a seed line loss. Like yeah, let me see if bracket matrix they updated. Well, they updated before this game last night. Um, let me see where Houston was. Houston was. They were a six, I think. Yeah, they were top six. They were top of the top of the order six. So this drops think, them down to probably a seven. Probably a seven. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's touch on Xavier's win, uh, the 89-77 win over over Georgetown. Game which Trayvon Blewett scored two points, and the rest of Xavier scores eighty-seven points. Did he, he made a he made a comment we have to talk about. All right. We'll go ahead and get. What was the comment that you made? That that he he whispered. On Twitter, because you have to whisper things on Twitter sometimes. Yeah, don't shout and cap. And that Xavier caps. could be a top ten team without Trayvon Blewett. Uh no, no. For the length of the year, they probably wouldn't be ranked okay. there. But as they're playing right now, I think they're a top ten team, even if Trayvon Blewett isn't in their lineup. Hmm. I, yeah. Because they get better defensively if they only have to play one of JP or Trayvon. They get a lot out of that defensively. Even and when offensively, not... they have so many weapons. Well, I, do, I think that's what part I want to get to. I do want to get to that. The only thing is, when Trayvon Blewett's in the game, you don't think defenses are focused there that allow some other things to happen for other guys? To a certain extent, yeah. Well, then take him out of the mix. I mean, they did the other night. Well, he did the other night. I mean, he didn't he only, shoot the ball very well. But he also only played 20 minutes. Okay. And the other... the other That's still 20 minutes. But Okay, but the rest of the time, they had no trouble scoring. They scored a lot better when he was off the floor. 
do top ten. No way. I'm, I'm gonna, I, I appreciate. I appreciate okay. your out, outside the box thinking. And there's no way for you. It's one not of us outside to the this. box. I I think it's. I mean, I, I was. It was just a comment while watching them that I think with no matter who they lose right now. In fact, Quentin Gooden going down for a few minutes at the beginning of that game may have been the scariest thing for the Savior team, yeah. quite honestly. But outside of that, there's not a guy that they lose where you go, oh, they're totally screwed. They don't have a chance. I, I'm going to take them away from the NCAA tournament. How far do they go? I mean, I'm, I'm taking I, them away. I still think I still think if they're a one seed. Well, they're not losing to a 16. They're not losing to a 16, and they're not losing the second round game, so they're probably going mm. to... The Sweet 16. I don't I think there's going to be some interesting 1-8, 1-9 games this year. I'm taking Trayvon Blue away. I'm not even giving him Trayvon. I'm taking him away. And I think they get to the Sweet 16, which is kind of where – that's. I don't expect any team to go past the Sweet 16 ever. That's probably a fair I think. I, yeah. I think you control your destiny to there, and yeah. then the NCAA tournament is well, a one-game scenario and, and matchups. Sometimes and, the bracket determines that, too. Sometimes you get there as a as a three seed, and you're supposed to be playing the two, and it's you're playing the 11, because, or whatever, the, yeah. the numbers work. I'm not big on that, because it's just like, people always say that stuff, but there's usually a reason the higher seed lost. Hmm. But, but where, I mean, you don't, you don't get a bunch of those high seeds moving to Elite Eights and Final Fours. You don't. I mean, you just don't. That's fair, but I, I also think you wouldn't get a lot of those teams that lose early moving to those yeah. Elite Eights and Final Maybe. Fours because they had significant flaws that they were able to either mask or, you know, whatever. The, the matchups just yeah. didn't work out for them. I mean, I just even think back to, like, the Lehigh one that everyone likes to bring up. They had C.J. McCollum. Right. right. Nobody knew who he was at the time. I mean, nobody, <laughs> He's yeah. an NBA right. All-Star. Right. Nobody knew who they he was They weren't at the time. bad, yeah. Uh, they beat Duke because they were real good. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. So, um, but I do. Let's t- touch on the on the on the different weapons though. And, and you and I actually had this discussion yesterday a little bit. It, it's weird that it, it's never feels like all five position spots have clicked in the same game, and that's probably not fair to think that's going to happen. Um, but it has been three different guys on different nights in a mix and match way, and that's what makes I think Xavier dangerous. It's not that you can take a guy out and go, all right, we're good there because we've stopped that guy. You, you've you got different answers for that. And that there's just not a lot of teams that have that. I said a few weeks ago that it was feeling like... And Najee Marshall, what he's done, makes it even... He's now a reliable scorer. And that's kind of the whole where the whole Trayvon comment comes from because Najee Marshall is playing like the best player on Xavier's team at both ends of the court right now. I mean, that's point blank period. He has been their best player the last few games. And... I said a few weeks ago that it felt like Xavier had nine guys that on any given night could go out and get you 14 or 15 points. That's proven to be true. It's probably, yeah, it's over, probably accurate. Over the last few weeks. We've now seen that. You know, I mean, if from, you're from thinking... Can, from Cantor to Tyreek Jones has done to it. Paul Scruggs, Paul has, Scruggs done has, done has done it. Najee Marshall has I don't think done it. Omer, Omer's come close. I mean, Omera can definitely get you 15. We've seen that throughout his yeah. career multiple times. So, I mean, if that's your last guy... Anyone on this team can score 15 on any given night, and you're right. It seems like every night they have three different guys going off. So that's where I get, going back to the Trayvon comment, that's where it comes from because a lot of this is Chris Mack, I think. They have nine talented scorers, and with the offense they run and the way they create shots, it doesn't seem like it matters who they're, who they're running it for. They have enough guys that can really score. Can you imagine if they had Edmund Sumner if he wasn't getting paid by somebody? Make him even better. I, I think he would, Yeah. Although Quentin Gooden's been Quentin Gooden's pretty yeah, damn good, he's been, really damn good, he's and he's playing un- outrageously well right now. How about him? I've never seen someone go from ice on their knee to back in the game that fast in my entire life. Ice on his knee, 
chair, sit, like sitting up or sitting chair propped, propped up, up in the tunnel, in the tunnel, ice on his knee. To the next commercial break, he's back in the game. And what the scores hell? a career high. Uh, what the hell was that? Dude is bionic. Like that was Paul it's Pierce getting taken out in the his, wheelchair. It's, it's his Willis Reed moment, man. Dra- Paul Pierce dra- getting taken away. out in the wheelchair and coming back in the game ninety seconds later. It was. It's like, oh man, this is like it that would bad. suck. Yeah. Like he is playing the best basketball of his life. That would be terrible if Xavier had to to deal with again a key injury, a key injury at, at key, the point guard even position. More time than this. Yeah, like damn. And then the announcer out of nowhere is like, "Couldn't get just check back in the game." You're like, "Excuse me." And how how bad are the Big East announcers outside of Raf? Their color guys are I, I, awful. I saw the tweet. Horrendous. Fill, fill people in on the Donnie Marshall comments. I mean, Donnie Marshall said, basically said, I don't understand what all those Quadrant 1 things mean, but it means you're playing a good team or something that I sent. Yes, I'm paraphrasing because yeah, it was but, too but dumb for me to right. even remember. Yeah, that's about right. But it's like, dude, your job he as did, a color analyst. There was something else he didn't know that was pretty rudimentary. He also said Xavier's great at forcing turnovers. That was it. When they're one of the worst. I mean, they're like 340th in the country. Literally one of the worst teams at creating turnovers in the entire. He probably like thought that the metric was back, like backwards, like 341 meant. Yeah. That would have meant he had to look at it. You're right. You're giving him credit for doing any research. You're right. The dude legitimately said, as a color analyst, I have no idea what the quadrants mean. That's embarrassing. That's but it means you played some good teams. But then, think, but then, maybe. but then went on to continue talking about bracketology and brought up the fact that St. John's was a contender to make the tournament. Okay, sure. Because and they UConn didn't didn't say that they needed to win the Big East it, tournament. Don, Donnie's trapped in 1995, 1985, 1985. <laughs> no, yeah. he's not. He's literally just saying words that come to his head as he's watching whatever game he's shown up to for that night. He has not looked at anything the entire year and it's painfully obvious you've got announcers in in the league right now who can't pronounce jp mccura's name which or, I, or, I don't really care about but it's do he's a any, star do we, in do the we have con- any xavier's out there i don't know i don't think there are any broadcasters that still say xavier okay. Here, I, I'm but gonna, that one doesn't really bother me to me that's more like a colloquialism thing it's like certain regions say I it guess. that way and i'm gonna i'm gonna do the the big east color commentators a, a, a solid because I know this has been done by other color commentators on different networks in the past. Get a subscription to musketeerreport.com. There you go. Every day, the day of the game, Rick puts out an article called The Matchups. It will give you a good breakdown of each team. You know what it doesn't do, though? It doesn't do one thing. It doesn't tell you what the quadrants are. It just, it, it, <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't no, it doesn't. It doesn't give you the quadrants. It doesn't. <laughs> but we talk but, about that sometimes, too. But at least you can rip off that information, not give Rick credit No, right. You just, in public, but then in person, tell him that he does a great job. <laughs> You're trying to call us fights. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, all right, next for Xavier. Um, they're actually off this weekend. They play Providence, so we'll talk about that a little bit on, on, uh, on Sunday. Um, but I, I, for them... To get the win at Georgetown, because I think that was the scariest of the three that were left. Yeah. Um, to get over that hurdle, I think, puts them really on a great spot now to win the last two games. They're one seed. And, they're, and finish out as the one seed, yes. Providence is a difficult matchup for them, but it's at home on senior night. Providence isn't so playing very well either. Right. And Xavier lost to them up there. Right. So, you would, I mean, it's hard to imagine they lose that game. And then... At DePaul, if you lose there, it can't shame on season. you. Yeah, shame, yeah. On, shame, shame on you. Don't play a postseason. Yeah, shame on you. Um, I think Kentucky Wildcats. You wear your DePaul jersey. Absolutely. 
Oh, I know you will, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I'll bring it to New York with me. I, I bet you will. I know you will. Uh, the Kentucky Wildcats have won now two two in a row, overcame an 11-0 deficit to start the game. Um, and it just it feels like they've they've at least made strides and maybe maybe the losing streak at the end of the day is the best thing for everybody involved it it, it i don't know how it, it feels like it's cleared the air it feels like it's it just, it looks like a different team yeah i mean maybe they just finally got to a point mentally where they're like we're at rock bottom there's nothing right. left but to fight back everything's already been said about us our draft stock is dropping, and, and, and they've been. Let's face it; they had not been good on the road. They were two and five in the league. Fall down eleven nothing to an NCAA tournament level team, and and fight your way back by halftime to tie it, and then take take charge down the stretch. That's back to back games. They didn't come back against Alabama, but really back to back games where the game was kind of in the balance at about the eight ten minute mark, and they took charge down the stretch of both. Yeah, I think they've they've found the lineup. They've yeah. got the lineup that works. It's P.J. Washington at center. It's Jared Vanderbilt at the four. It's Kevin Knox at the three. And then it's the two point guards, Quad A. Green and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, playing together. Which is kind of what we had been saying all along. Yeah. Vanderbilt's just giving them so much on the glass and defensively and creating. He's not a great scorer, but he gets you a few effort buckets. No, but, but honestly, he he takes what would be Nick Richards, not his position per se, obviously, but takes what Nick Richards' minutes would have been, and, and, and it gives them way more than what Nick Richards was yeah. getting Yeah, I mean, that's, Good the, point. that's the big thing. Is Nick Richards was, was a, a net negative almost. Like he, wasn't, he could dunk. He can, but he wasn't protecting the rim. He wasn't providing he, any. He's, he's not quite the rebounder Vanderbilt is either. No, no. not close that's, to the. That's right. the big thing. Vanderbilt might be the best permanent rebounder in the history of basketball. He, he really might be. Uh, he like we knew that skill from him. That was his primary skill. He's been insane yep. at getting to the basketball, like insane. So he's giving you. He's not going to score. He's going to get some garbage buckets. Hell, there's been a couple even the past but Nick two Richards games. Wasn't scoring either, right? right and that's yeah, what I was going to yeah. get to. Like Nick Richards wasn't giving you any of that stuff. So now you've got some rim protection. You've got better defense. You've got uh, a significantly rebound. better rebounding. You've got a guy that can that can move his feet and kind of defend on the perimeter because so you become a little bit more versatile on you know teams aren't going to pick you apart on specific ball screens or they're not isolating whatever Nick Richards is doing. Vanderbilt's been a, a big and, – and maybe that's really ultimately the change is now they've finally gotten adjusted to him in the lineup. Yes. And and Washington playing probably what's more natural for him as a five. Yeah. and I mean, he doesn't look like a five necessarily, but I think just the mentality of just, dude, you got to go in and be the biggest, toughest guy for right. us now. He's – he likes that. He likes being physical. That was kind of always his best asset. Yeah. And now he's using that more than he was before. I, I still don't love Knox at the four or at the three. I mean, but in that lineup, it especially with the two point guards, you get a little bit more shooting with Quad A Green. You you know Alexander Gilgis Alexander has played really well when the floor is spaced a little bit more. And more important, they had to get Hami Diallo off the floor. No doubt. That's so I mean, true. You take Diallo and Richards off the floor, and now all of a sudden you're not playing three on five at all times. It it just it changed the dynamic, and I think they've they're starting to adjust to that, and that definitely makes them maybe the team that you that thought you that thought they were be, yeah. that they were trending to be. They tinkered with it enough, and maybe they've they've found what works as we're going forward. Yeah, it's almost just like Cal, it takes Cal a while to get these all these young guys to to reach their potential. Or it they, takes him a long time to figure out the right damn line. rotation to put on the floor. I 
you, clearly. I mean, but that but that's been a, a situation. This was the longest for sure. Well, because he didn't have the stars. Like, there's mm-hmm. not, you know, when you've got John Wall and Boogie Cousins, your lineup is pretty John Wall and Boogie Cousins. Like, whatever is around them, okay. It happened to be Patrick Patterson and Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. Darius Miller, that worked out fine. But this he had to really tinker with, and it's been with Vanderbilt being hurt. The, the funniest damn Cal thing ever is the tweak. Remember that? The tweak. The tweak. <laughs> that was Cal, was, the was, tweak. Was that the Harrison years? Was that the Harrison? Yeah, wasn't it basically just telling uh, Andrew Harrison to pass the ball once yeah. in a while and yeah. not shoot every shot? Yeah, that was the tweak. <laughs> I think he's made more of a tweak this year. He should have busted that out. He should have. We're going with the, the tweak. Uh, this is the fix. Yeah, the this fix. is more the fix. This the is the fix. This he needs fix. to brand it, though. He hasn't done a good enough. No Camp Cal this year. No nope. branding is tweaks. Well, he didn't label it Camp Cal, but I did watch. They, they had a snippet of that all-access thing that's on Facebook. They actually had it on his on his coach's show as I was flipping through. I usually just go right on by it, but I stopped for a second. And it, it was him at Christmas time saying, all right, you got fi- everybody's got finals on Monday. After that, we got three days from that point forward. You got nothing else than basketball, eating and sleeping. I thought, well, you, that, that's the Camp Cal. You need to you need to specify that to everybody. You got to brand it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to brand it. Exactly. Uh, I will say the All Access Facebook show is is so UK. I, I, I haven't seen it. That, that's the yeah. It's so UK and it's so smart too. I mean, it's exactly what you would expect out of Calipari, just totally controlling the message. You know, FS1, ESPN has been dying to do things like this because BBN gets them views whenever they do anything like that. Cal just waits and says, no, we'll just wait until someone's eager enough that I can control every single thing. And now he's just got a giant infomercial that's going to get huge ratings right. on the internet. Right, it's perfect. I've already heard from a few UK fans who just absolutely love the show. And it's like, this is this is exactly what you would expect out of, of Cal and what makes him so good at marketing his program and recruiting. Now, according to Bracket Matrix, they're back into the five-seed line and with Gonzaga, Ohio State ahead of them, and in the fours, West Virginia, Wichita, Clemson, and Arizona. Arizona did pull off uh, an overtime win um, but on Thursday night. without Alonzo without Trier, Trier. Yeah, again. correct. Um, Clemson's coming off a loss. They're actually trending downward. Wichita is probably solidly in that group and can solidify that even more if they beat UC at home. West Virginia, I don't know what to make, where they where they go from there. I guess the point being is Kentucky, I guess, still has would have a fighting chance to get back to get all the way up to the four seed line. I don't want that. I want them I, to be like I know, a I know six you don't. to eight seed. I know you do. Just wreak havoc on the bracket. And they still I, have, I they want have, him to be an eight seed in Xavier's bracket so he can he can get what he was asking for. I'd be I'd love that. And take Trayvon Blewett off the floor. And take Trayvon Blewett off the floor. I don't like you got you guys think these things are bad for me. I I I want people to read my website. Oh no, I, I like I'm talking. Not. It doesn't mean I have to agree with you. Oh yeah, no, I know, but I'm not going to be upset if UK plays Xavier in the second round. That's going to be a good week for Musketeer. Oh no, 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 no question. Just Unfortunately, like, it wouldn't be a week. It'd be a day. That's the thing that that stinks about Sweet this. Sixteen. Now, now it could be uh, a yeah. Sweet Sixteen game. Uh yeah. Sweet sixteen that would be good. Sweet sixteen, you get some get juice week, out of. Yeah, yeah that would work well. Yeah, we getting one day, that one day turnaround from Thursday yeah, to Saturday or Friday to Sunday. Yeah, you get a, you get a four or five day juice spot out of that. That'd be pretty good. So let's let, we get them up to the four seed line, put them in the same region, and, and go. That's the thing. People thought I was like upset when the Edmund Sumner stuff came out today. I was giddy. I was no, thrilled. I like news. <laughs> I, I like news. I like controversy. I like all that stuff. All right, do you got a final take, Chad Brendel? 
No, just and the reason we're not talking NKU is because as we're doing this on a Friday, Wright State's getting ready to play a huge game at eleven o'clock in the morning, and um, it, it actually is a game that matters significantly. Uh, there's still a huge game left, obviously, for NKU with yeah. uh, Illinois Chicago, and they have who IUPUI, I think, to conclude yep. the regular season. Yep. So they they got a nice win on Monday. Looked they good. They Jordan did. Garnett looked back yeah. to form, which was a, a kind of a concern recently. Over Youngstown State. Yeah, I didn't feel like he'd been playing his best, but he's. He gave him a lot the other night on both ends of the court. So you realize there's time. a major conference tournament beginning next week. We'll talk about that on Sunday a little bit. Yeah, the Big, Big Ten. Ten. Early. Early. Ignorant. Yeah, weird. To accommodate Rutgers. Back-to-back New York City's going to be hopping, man. Got the Big Ten followed by the Big East. I mean, Back-to-back what weeks. What they're trying to do is steal Madison Square Garden for the yeah, conference tournament going forward. It's not going to happen. Unless they do this week. I mean, unless they do the week ahead of the Big I, East. It's not going to – there's not going to be anybody there. I don't, I don't know why it makes sense for them based on geography, but – They have one of the best places in the world to host a conference tournament. They do. Yeah. They have two of the best places Cent- in the world. Pretty centrally located in the league. Well, two of the best of places in Ch- the world. Chicago or Indy. Chicago or Indy. Why the – it's dumb. It's really because dumb. all those Rutgers fans can't make it to Chicago or Indy for their one and done loss. Rutgers should be excommunicated. They stink. Rutgers will be eliminated from the from NCAA tournament consideration before March even begins. Think about that. They they are they are done on the first first uh, last day of February. Ridiculous, unbelievable. I although although play. it does begin the start of day basketball. That's a good call too. I do like that. I'm Nothing. Big, oh, it, big it, fan it, of that. It starts right after I leave That's here. True. With Wright yeah. State yeah. playing IUPUI, baby. Yeah. yeah. Day basketball. There's nothing better. Yeah. Uh, final take. Just uh, you alluded to it earlier. Thanks to everybody for all the uh, the well wishes and support. Uh, I got word yesterday that Kelly's in remission, so that means we can begin the transplant process. She's and that still... was for those because uh, I even asked you this because because usually you hear remission and that that's superb news. Yeah. And it usually means you're done with with treatments or or, well, or have to take what, some what, for yours. It's what she's having done is she's having a bone marrow transplant of her own cells. So in order to take the cells out, they have to be cancer free. Yes. And when you're cancer free, you're in remission. I was even fairly ignorant to this. I was not expecting to hear the doctor tell us yesterday that she was in remission. Um, but when he said it, that's kind of like it hits you like, yeah, in a, in a, in a way that I can only describe as the exact opposite of the feeling when they said she had cancer. Yeah. He knife in the gut as opposed yeah. to somebody took the knife out of your gut. Out, yeah. So she's still got two months or so of, of, you know, a lot of rough times coming up with the transplant, but the cancer is gone. That's- Awesome. And now they can begin the process of taking the cells, harvesting the cells, and getting ready to put them back in. Um, so she's doing great. It's awesome. And uh, thanks to everybody for following along as we have gone through this. It has been a pain. But uh, as Rick knows, she is far, far tougher than me. And uh, I've seen that firsthand. You see, yeah. How's your yeah. eardrum? Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it's well played, sir. Oh. It's well played, sir. Damn, that was really good timing. <laughs> that was. Uh, but bold move to do it right after that. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Mean, that's what this podcast is all right. about. If we can't bust each other's chops, yep. then, you know. Yep. But no, it's it's been great. And, you know, she's been a, a warrior all the way through it and hasn't missed a day of work and the entire time since the day she got home from the hospital. So that's awesome. Yeah. That, that tells you all you need to know yep. about her because I would have milked that thing for all it's worth and been laying in bed for the past three Feeling months. sorry for yourself. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. That's not her. How about you? You got anything, Rick Boring? Yeah. The GoFundMe, is, like, yeah. the good GoFundMe is still open. You guys can still contribute. I mean, it's great news, but those hospital bills aren't going to be cheap, and Kelly's still got a fight ahead, so go ahead, 
click on the GoFundMe, do another round of donations. That'd be great. That was the first round of donations was uh, unbelievable. The outpouring was unbelievable. Unbelievable. You actually had Xavier people take take taking taking ownership. Taking taking charge. Yeah, it all it all, it all came with Go Xavier, and they they, lo- right. they let me know. That's okay. Yes, <laughs> no, you'll, you'll I, take yeah, that. I didn't have you'll, any you'll problem take with that, that for, for certain. All right, boys, we'll be back uh, Sunday. Quick turnaround, but of course, as we've seen in this college basketball season, Saturday and Saturday Sunday, and Sunday, Saturday, just, you just don't no know. What, you just don't know what you're going to get. You really no don't. Talent. Maybe we'll get another Drexel 34 point comeback from somebody along the way. Biggest comeback in the history of the sport. How about that? Unbelievable. 34 points. 34 down at one point. All right, for uh, Chad Brendel of Bearcat Journal, Rick Boring of Musketeer Report, I'm Richard Skinner. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. Hey! Hey!